Monday, January 6, 2020. Happy 2020, you fucking legends. This is episode 42, New Year, New Us. <clears throat> Monster Mangus back here at it again. So is End of Regulation. Back for another year, bringing you everything in sports and entertainment while putting a smile on your face and some money in your pocket. Looking to change the narrative and thin the herd? Excited to kick off a new era of podcasts. Let's intro the usual stew crew behind the madness. <clears throat> Largest collection of nudie magazines on the eastern seaboard. Live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna, how we doing? It's good to be back. Happy New Year to all our followers out there. And I'd just like to take a moment to think about how far porn has come from magazines to being able to just watch it on my phone now. So much easier. From nudie magazine day to on your iPhone. Unreal. 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 Well, next up, a gentleman who once drunkenly ate all the ingredients of a cake. Barrel Chest Grimes, how we doing? Doing well. I'm actually starting off the new year a little under the weather. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. You know, maybe a little less talking, a little more listening today, but we'll, uh, we'll roll with the punches out there. Save yourself for the NHL. Yeah, we'll think about it. All right, let's kick it off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know the deal. We're going to run down the agenda. But first and foremost, I do want to quickly give a shout out, a thoughts and prayers type ordeal to Australia. They are in the midst of an absolute, just crazy wildfire pandemic that has raged through the country. Um, if you have a heart, go ahead and just type it in on Google, throw some money their way. There is a social media model, Kaylin Ward, who has raised $300,000 in efforts by selling her nudes. So she's putting up an effort. You nice. should put up an effort. We should sell our nudes. I'm going to sell my nudes. Well, nice. you think about that. If she's selling her nudes for three hundred k, can you imagine if, like, let's say Margot Robbie threw out just one nude? That's a million dollars right there. At least. Easy. 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 All right, well, let's let these fine people know what we're chatting about here tonight. We're going to talk to you about some entertainment, a little bit of the Golden Glows update, nothing too much. We're going to give you some movie trivia. We're going to see who is uh, more well-versed in comedy classics, Harrison or Tom. And then we're going to talk to you about skip or stream, some films, some shows that you should check out or skip altogether. Then we're going to talk to you about some sports, NFL playoffs. That is top of mind right now for everybody. Run through some college hoops and then wrap it up with some NHL. Uh, so let's go ahead and just kick things off here. <clears throat> I wanted to make a quick note about the Golden Globes. We were discussing it before we kicked off, but Ricky Gervais, who hosted for the fifth and final time, uh, I believe, so yeah, left that's us with... <laughs> An absolutely hypocritical masterpiece and just blew everyone away, put smiles on people's faces, pissed people off, exactly what you want from a host. Uh, he started off by saying that the Golden Globes are essentially boring and way too long and excruciating. So to make things easier, if you win an award, 
don't get political. Keep it short. Thank your uh, agent. Thank your God. And then get the fuck off the stage. That was a direct quote. Um, I did, however, want to highlight and laugh at the fact that he also made a joke about Apple getting into the TV game with the morning show uh, about a drama that touches on the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, but made by a company uh, that runs sweatshops in China. So kind of just like Gervais altogether, a whirlwind of everything he stands for, and I'm glad he mentioned something, but people still continue to make speeches and address yeah. things so it was it was funny because like the first award i think went to russell crowe and jennifer aniston aniston accepted it on his behalf and like the very first statement was like you know bring awareness to australia this is what's going on and kind of just totally backfired on that whole spiel by gervais but overall i thought he did a great job well, I, that, I, I, I'm down with that cause. Like, if, if he's going to highlight that, highlight it. You know, that's where he's from. And, um, yeah, totally on I board just, with it. I think he was highlighting more, you know, 2020 campaign and all that crap that was probably going to swarm <coughs> the stage had he not said something. Or more of it, I should say. Um, but I did want to say that Best Drama was taken by 1917, which I am excited to see. And I've heard it's incredible, but that came out like two days ago. I was so. gonna. I thought the same thing, Gardner. How does that movie win a Golden Globe when it actually hasn't even been fully released? It doesn't. It's not released until the tenth. No, it's incredible. I think the Joker um, got also, completely skimmed. And uh, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like I didn't realize that. I thought it was supposed to be for all movies that came out in 2019, but maybe it's like a little staggered. It must be. I mean, there's no way they, you know, there, there's no way that they would screw that up, but. Um, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that butthurt about it because Phoenix walked away with Best Actor in a Motion Picture for dramas, but you know, <clears throat> well deserved. With a movie, a movie that came out two days ago, it's tough to take an L to. Yeah, it's, it's, it was, yeah, that is, that's a little tough. Uh, I'm very excited to see it, nonetheless. Uh, never saw Joker uh, at this point. <clears throat> I'm kind of just hoping it comes out on HBO or Netflix <laughs> yeah. or just something wait. like that. Just wait, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the next uh, thing I wanted to address is best motion picture foreign films. Not something that I addressed very often, but you have to at some point, whether it's HBO or Netflix or buying it, see Parasite. Uh, it truly is one of the most mind-bending films that I've seen in this decade. Um, it makes Shutter Island look like a children's book. Really? So. Yeah, if you're into something like that, I would for sure go check it out. Can you give a, a, a brief synopsis for the uneducated at home, such as myself? Yeah, so it's a Korean family, and they there's two Korean families. One that is of the higher class, one of the lower class, and the lower class becomes a tutor for the higher class, and he basically uh, becomes interwoven with the family, and he gets his family members involved, and that's all I'm really going to tell you because the story unfolds from there and you think that's it and then you just get even more mind fucked. All right. Sold. Um, and then lastly, best actor in musical or comedy. I wanted to highlight this uh, because I do rock out and love me some Elton John and Taron Egerton, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, won and took a award here for Rocketman. 
which was more of a progressive take on Elton John's life. Um, something to definitely check out, but I would not spend money on it just if you're bored one day and you're passing through. Sure. Um, all right, gentlemen. I asked you before we started to come up with a uh, proposal for what the loser of this trivia is going to have to do, whether it be a post, whether it be money, whatever it is. Um, Tom? Movie trivia. <clears throat> I well, I don't know what these questions are. I'm not good with like names and shit. I thought this uh, was gonna be science trivia. Here's what we'll do. He's starting no, to back comedy. out a little bit. Here, here's a, here's a background for all of you that are listening. We're gonna do some comedy classic trivia between Tom and Harrison. We're gonna see who is more knowledgeable. I'll give you guys some background right now. It's basically gonna be titles. I believe there's one year involved that you have to list and yeah and and some cities uh, right. which movies were based in so all right how about this the loser has to wear a like a small like extra small shirt for a day one that just blatantly doesn't fit and we have to post it on social media and you know we'll make it a saturday so it's not work appropriate or inappropriate you gotta wear it all day Saturday out to a bar and just look like an idiot. Harrison, uh, can, you wear a, can you wear a sweatshirt over this said T-shirt? No, no it has to be the purpose, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm pretty oh, confident I'm gonna beat you, you anyway. Scared so now? All right, I'm pretty right, confident. I just said bring it. Bring it. <laughs> I'm losing my I'm losing my damn voice here, but we'll be fine. All right. I've got 10 questions we're going to fire off. I imagine you guys will probably get 5 out of 10. All right. That'll be that'll be split between the two of you. My predictions, Harry gets 3, Tom gets 2. Mm. Setting the bar low. Let's go, baby. All right. Wait, is it just like who answers first? Yeah, whoever answers first. Get your voice ready, kid. Yeah. Which 1980s film was Harold Ramis' directorial debut? Who? Harold Ramis. Fuck if I know. I'll uh, give you a hint. It was based on a golf club. Caddyshack. Harrison, one. Tom, zero. <clears throat> oh, boy. Which 2010 film sees Russell Brand reprise the character of Aldous Snow? Get him to the Greek. Harrison 2, Tom 0. See, I'm not good with this shit. What is the name of Peter's gym in Dodgeball? Uh, average average Joe's. Harrison 3, Tom <laughs> 0. No, that's that's a lag on the Google. That's no, 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 no. There was no lag there. I've got perfect internet What sport here. is the focus of the film Goon? Hockey. Hockey. Tom 1. Ooh, I definitely beat you there. Nope. In what year was Finding Nemo released? 2004. <clears throat> 2008. I'm going to give it to Tom. 2003. Let's go. Two to three. What profession is Jim, Carrier, Jim Carrey's character in Liar Liar? Lawyer. Harrison Four. Tom. Two. Fuck. Corey Feldman, Josh Brolin, and Sean Austin all star in which 1985 film 
I was just talking about a certain uh, act that a loser had to do before we started filming. Famous for the truffle shuffle. The Goonies. There we go, Tom. Yes, sir. What is the first name of Owen Wilson's character in Zoolander? Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, wait, Hansel. Harrison. Oh, shit. Shit. In which film does the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man feature? Ghostbusters. I'll do it. <sighs> Which 1990 film stars Ice Cube and Chris Tucker? Friday. Tom. Of course Tom got that one. In which film does the main character wear a shirt saying, vote for Pedro? Uh, Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. I, you Tom. know I got that for sure. <laughs> I definitely got that. And I, and I still won, too. I think I won that 8-2 if you're really... 5-6. Uh, Harrison's the winner. Wait, we can't... Uh. All right. I'm going to be wearing right, something extra skimpy this shirt. weekend. Yeah, there you go. Extra skimpy. We're going to be looking for some video footage of that. Um, all right, well, let's move on here now to Skipper Stream, and we'll wrap it up here with entertainment. I wanted to quickly highlight, uh, I think because this was lost in our last episode, <clears throat> Uncut Gems. I'm going to go ahead and give a skip. I want to say Adam Sandler was an absolute standout. I think he's going to win an award. <clears throat> I think he absolutely separated himself from his comedic persona. But the movie altogether, I believe, had no soul. Uh, kind of missed the target altogether. The ending was good, and that kind of is what made me not hate it altogether. Um, but I would wait until it comes out because it is not worth it. Yeah, I agree. I went and yep. saw it so, um, on Friday. It. Don't just yeah, like you said, wait. Um, honestly, even when it does come out, I would watch the first ten minutes and the last thirty minutes, and you'll save yourself an hour and a half of an hour and a half of your life that you would never yeah. be able to get back otherwise. Hundred percent. I mean, a a twenty four, which is a production, I believe, did an incredible job. They do great movies, but the problem is, is they have. I like their cinematography, I should say, but their problem is that they get one solid actor and then get a bunch of C-listers. I mean, this movie had Kevin Durant, Miguel, and The Weeknd. Ke Kevin Garnett. Actors. Kevin Garnett. Ke sorry, sorry, Kevin Garnett. Um, so you can imagine it was not uh, and it was just acting. It was just very loud. Like they very much played into the 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 Jewish side of the characters, and there was just a lot of yelling and screaming and. On, yeah, honestly, like, arguing, not not stuff. not what you want to listen to for two hours. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to ask you guys, skip or stream The Witcher? Uh, it's it, it really it's it's so dependent on the person. It's if you like like kind of violence and gory violence, um, and and like medieval time. <clears throat> excuse me, medieval times. Uh, it's probably worth watching. I like finished it within a week. Um. It's pretty easy to do when it's on Netflix, and it just kind of forces you to watch the next episode, even though you're trying to go to sleep. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's like a, it's a little too sci-fi, but and it's a little too confusing. It's like way more confusing than Game of Thrones, and that that can be a bit complex as well. So yeah. I'd say I'd say watch it if you're if you're into like you know cool fighting scenes with swords and stuff. But otherwise, then then you know, 
It's uh, I said this in our group chat, but it's it, The Witcher is Game of Thrones meets Lord of the Rings, and if you're into that kind of stuff, it ain't, it ain't that bad. Game of Thrones is porn and Lord of the Rings together. Yeah, this has some boobs in it. There's some boobs, some <laughs> nice boobs. So if you like nice boobs, check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I will tell you where there are no boobs, and that is in the NFL playoffs. Well, minus the cheerleaders. But let's go ahead and kick off the world of sports here. We have a bunch to talk about. Um, so we'll kick it off here with the NFL. I think the best thing to do is talk about this past weekend and the games and then really dive into the upcoming matches um, this upcoming Saturday and Sunday. So wanted to quickly talk because I know there's a lot of points of contention around it the Saints Vikings game the question mark that is kind of lingering did they get screwed for a second year in a row I'll kick it over to you Harry to start us off yeah and I really do think they got screwed two years in a row and and it wasn't nowhere near as blatant as last year's non-pass interference call however it's still like it was pretty plain and obvious um both during the play, like, you know, watching it live as well as, you know, the, the replay as well, that Kyle Rudolph very visibly with one arm pushed off the defender full extension and then backed up, caught the ball. And, and I don't know about you guys, when I was watching it, I, I literally turned to, it's like watching it with some friends and I literally turned to him, I go, that was like the most anticlimactic finish to a game that like I can remember. For I mean, it being an overtime and it being a playoff game, I was like, it, the play just kind of happened and then it was just, it, it, there was like no... It was almost like how Rudolph thought there was going to be a flag. By the way, the way he reacted to it, and then once he realized there was no flag, then then he starts celebrating. But I mean, I just thought it was blatant pi. Uh, all of the refs and like you know the the VP of officiating, whoever the fuck he is, are all saying that it wasn't pi. But that's because they need to say it wasn't pi. Like they can't have the same issue rise up again two years in a row to the same exact team. So, what are your thoughts on the pass interference replay rule? Well, two. Does it need to be changed? Get rid of it? Well, I, I mean, two things. One, it's like you need to have clear definitions for what pass interference is. And I thought that creating ex- creating separation by extending your arm against the defensive back is plain and simple pass interference, offensive pass interference. They were saying that they were, they were both kind of making contact, but dude, you could see the the cornerback like get like visibly pushed backwards. And then that created the separation they needed to make the catch. And um, they just need clear rules. And then they also need to change the overtime system. It can't be – how can you make it in the playoffs that all the team needs to do is on the first drive go down and score a touchdown and the game's over? Like, and not give any sort of rebuttal. I think that's absolute fucking bullshit. We, it's anarchy. We could not be on more different pages on this. I am, I am so sick of Sean Payton and Drew Brees and everybody – who has been glorifying them? You've had, you know, I, I get it. It, it. it probably was pass interference, but you you play sixty minutes. All right, who's to say that a play that happened in the first quarter isn't going to affect how the game ends? And I know the game came down to the last play, but the Saints now it, it's kind of like they're using this as a crutch. Like, oh, we got screwed again. We got screwed again. You have one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. You have the all-time leading touchdown leader in Drew Brees, and you have the best receiver in football in Michael Thomas. 
I don't want to hear about it when you only scored 20 points at home against the Vikings defense that has been good but has also been very bad this year at points. And in terms of the pass interference rule, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough because people are always going to point the finger at specific plays like this. But it's a double-edged sword because in the third quarter, Dalvin Cook had that fumble that was, wasn't a fumble. He was down, and the Saints returned it for a touchdown, and it got called back. Like that was, that was instant replay working at its best. And so you can't really kind of pick and choose which is the issue here. Um, and I don't know. I like yeah, I'm going the back to the difference is Dalvin Cook. It was clear after the instant replay that he well, wasn't down. It was clear even before the instant replay that but, it was pass interference. But the offensive it, pass interference. It was initially called a fumble for a touchdown. So the uh, idea yeah, Tom, being no no review, it would have been a touchdown for the Saints. Tom, the problem, the 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 flaw in your argument is that you're comparing apples and oranges. You're comparing a, a fumble. And in that case, there's either his knees down or it's not. It's one or the other. And with pass interference, there's so much ambiguity uh, to it and so many blurred lines to like what is and what isn't. Similar to like how people used to talk about what's a catch and what's not a catch. It's like it's just not. It's not so plain and simple. And I get that. But I just you know when after watching the play live, watching the replays, I was like he very clearly used his left hand to push off the defender to create separation and to make the catch. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. He still had momentum off the push. I mean, he had to keep... And you could see he had the... To do, he had to keep, yeah, I mean, he had to try really hard to keep himself in bounds because of how hard he pushed off of him. Yeah. But, I mean, let's let's first... Let's go back to the play before and talk about that $90 million bomb to Adam Thielen that Kirk threw. That was, that was Kirk making his money back and silencing the doubters. And, yeah, I get it. Nothing is nothing is given, but even if that was called back, it would have been, you know, first and goal from the eight. Like, they probably still would have scored. No, it was so, it was it was first and goal from the uh, like the two, from the two, and then it was second and goal from the one, and then it was third and goal from like the four five, uh, from the four. So like running it was out of the question. So passing it was you know, running it was out of the question, but it was it was unlikely given the scenario. Um, and then it just, I don't know, it's its stupid. And it's also dumb, too, because, like, there's, you know, it's hindsight, right? But I just thought that it, the way it was dealt with, like, it was very much, I mean, you saw the videos. The refs were the first ones to run off run off of the field. They, <laughs> they, they were they like, were, we got to get the, we gotta get the, the fuck out of here before we get absolutely, you know, you know burned on a cross. <laughs> they had full security detail. That's, that's very true. Well, we mentioned it on Instagram, but I think it's, something that has to be addressed you know drew Brees turning 41 going into free agency march 17th i believe um what what's the future for Brees? i i'd be hard pressed to think that they don't re-sign him i mean they've got bridgewater as a backup who proved you know went five and what five and one five and in the beginning of the season or he went five and, and oh and six and oh in the beginning of the season um you know, like I said, he's turning 41. Tom, you've highlighted the fact that he hasn't been able to get it done in the playoffs. They've used the instant replay and the interference as a crutch. Um, is there any question that he may retire slash not find himself on the Saints next year? <clears throat> I think he's he's very much Saints or, or retire. 
Yeah. And I think that's, I think honestly, it's the same for most of the quarterbacks that are in that same boat. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Tom. I think they bring them back on like a one, maybe two year deal. Um, and you know, cause, and I kind of hated it. Like after the game, you know, all these, all these Twitter warriors come out of the woodwork talking about like, Oh, you know, what's funny is that the, the best quarterback for the saints this year was either Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill. And I was like, that's just really not tr- like true. It's, it's just like, it's just haters coming out, you know, trying to, trying to shit on breeze. And quite frankly, I thought, you know, he didn't play that great. That fumble he had was brutal. And, uh, and all that, but you know, Drew Brees is, is, is a legend, and I, I still think he's got at least one one solid year under his belt. Like he still zip on the ball, he stills, you know, commands the offense, um, probably better than than anyone else is able to. Well, in the light of uh, discussing retirement and age and free agency, we might as well address forty two year old Tom Brady. And, you know, recently, as you all very well know, they took an L to the Tennessee Titans. And now there's just absolute madness that's not going on only in the organization, but on social media, pondering the question, retirement, does he go elsewhere or is he re-signed? Robert Kraft and Belichick have made it very clear that they hope Brady will stay. Um, But I'll turn it over to you, Tom, to discuss a little bit further. Yeah, this is this is weird. You know, Brady, for the first time in 20 years, has the opportunity to go and get paid. Um, he says he's done taking the hometown discounts and all of that. So we'll see what that comes out to. But, I mean, ultimately, I really don't see him. This might be a little biased, but, like, I just don't see him playing for another team. I know you saw it even, you know, with Peyton Manning, with Brett Favre. And even dating back to Johnny Unitas, you know, all these legends that finished their careers um, opposite of the teams that they played and won and had success with for so long. But I just, I don't see Brady doing it. I think he's just too comfortable here. He has, you know, he probably has more control here than anywhere else he's going to find. And even if McDaniels does end up leaving for a head coaching job elsewhere, I don't think Brady is going to follow. I think, I think we're going to end up paying him. I don't know what kind of money he's looking for, but I would think we're probably going to give him like two or three years around, you know, 25 to 28 per year and probably all of it guaranteed. But unless we go out and we pull a, you know, an Odell Beckham or we sign an AJ Green, a couple names to throw around there, I think he might just retire. I, I, I don't know. I know he said it's highly unlikely and all, but I don't see him going to chase money. Like, he doesn't need the money. He just wants to He just wants to see the favor return from New England. And I think despite the media blowing it out of proportion, I think Kraft knows what he needs to do. I think Belichick knows what he needs to do. And, uh, and, that, and that starts with paying Brady because, I mean, one, he deserves it. Uh, he owes us nothing. And let's be real, like Tom Brady is the the hottest commodity in football. Like the amount of money that he brings to an organization is worth far more than whatever you're going to pay him on base salary. And I know a lot of people are saying that we haven't supported him in this and that. Like I disagree with that. 
our last three first round draft picks have all been offensive picks we went out we tried to get Antonio Brown he couldn't stay out of his own way we got Demarius Thomas he didn't pan out um, the whole Josh Gordon thing again playing with fire um, going after players like that but we did try our best to get him talent and just didn't quite work out yeah I mean I'm certainly leaning more towards retirement because everything that you've painted his tone in the interviews regardless of whether he says you know it's not going to happen we discussed the fact that he's sold his house he's stepped down from organizations in New England there's nowhere else for him to go he's not going to go and taint his career and his record uh, trying to hop on a team that needs to be rebuilt and quite frankly there's not a team right now that I think he could truly kind of hop onto um, and have absolute success yeah I mean and so I, th- I think it's best to take his six rings and go enjoy his supermodel wife and kissing his kid on the mouth yeah this is all about just making time to kiss his kids it's really all it comes down to but um, Harry, any, any anyways, on a on a separate note, uh, sorry, you can go ahead, Harrison. No, I I, I don't have much. I mean, I, I think I think he's probably in the same boat as Breeze. He's gonna get one, may, maybe two year deal. Um, they'll try to put some weapons around him through free agency or through the draft, and uh, <clears throat> and just and just give him like one last go around. I mean, Brady's such a hyper competitive person that it just. I find it incredibly hard to believe that he would just bow out after losing um, in the wild card round. Uh, you know, in, in any case, like it, it, he'll go out on his own terms. But like he, you know, even if he like went to made another Super Bowl run, made it to the Super Bowl and lost, like he'd be much more content with that than than kind of bowing out in, in this fashion, where it's just you know, like, I don't know, in a weird way. I know it doesn't taint his legacy, but. It's just people. He he doesn't want to be remembered in this light of like going out like that. Like it he, just, does, he doesn't want his last pass to be a pick six. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much exactly. Right now. Like it's just like like it. It's it's. He, I don't even think he cares about what other people think. I think that's like his own mentality. Is like I'm, there's no shot. I'm, that's how I'm going to go out of the sport. Yeah, Agreed. that's a great Agreed. point. Tom, what were you about to say? Uh, I was just throwing this out there now uh, for fantasy football next year. Draft Derrick Henry number one overall. This guy is a fucking monster. And I'm not being petty, but I would not be surprised if the Titans go into Baltimore this week, run all over them, and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Heard it here first. (laughs) Let's go ahead and discuss the upcoming matchups uh we've got the vikings 49ers saturday 4 35 p.m on nbc and then seahawks versus packers sunday 6 40 uh on fox so i guess the best thing to do top of mind is discuss the vikings versus the 49ers this coming saturday what are your thoughts gentlemen um, let me look right now. All right, so off the bat, the 49ers are seven-point favorites at home. And the over-under I'm seeing is set at 44.5 points. I love the Vikings right now. Did you see how lit that locker room was afterwards? And the whole, like, you like that from Kirk Cousins? Absolutely electric. Uh, I love how this team is playing. 
the healthy Adam Thielen was an absolute difference maker. Uh, like we highlighted that overtime catch for whatever 40 yards it was. Huge. And as good as San Francisco has been all year, I just, I don't know. I think it's an experience thing from Jimmy G. I think the lights are going to be a little too big. And just given how the Vikings have been playing as of recently, I will take the Vikings plus seven all day. Man, if I had to pick one person that I didn't think could fire me up, it would be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the guy's an absolute thumb. That you like that and and kind of the fake, like, pumped-up reaction from the players was so painful. Brutal. Yeah, I cringed a little bit. Cringed. Cringed. And I've seen some highlights of, of Jimmy G, and I don't know, man. I think the 49ers have proved us wrong this entire season. We've continued to go back and forth on them, and... I think it's I think it's time to just realize that they're gonna get this done. I don't think they're gonna win a Super Bowl. Don't let's pump the brakes here. But I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not on the C- Captain Kirk train. I, I, I didn't I wasn't impressed by what they did with the Saints, and I don't necessarily think that they're gonna blow the 49ers doors out. This it's a tough one, especially for like, I just San Francisco kind of. Uh, they, I mean, they finished the year up like really strong, obviously thirteen and three. But they had a, a tough couple games on the stretch. They got their week off. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna this, this one's this one. Okay, and quite quite frankly, this is like a game I would just stay away from because seven point spreads a little sketchy. Uh, Vikings look good, but you really just don't. You know, the the 49ers have had two weeks to game plan for this team. Um, I will say that Vikings run def- uh, run defense is very solid um, with Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, uh, the D tackles who I'm forgetting the names of because they're D tackles. Um, and yeah, so I think like you know San Francisco is going to be forced to air it out more than usual. Um, they're going to try to the Vikings are just going to try to stop the run and and, and make uh, Jimmy G beat him through the air. And that that's what I how I would game plan it personally. Um, but yeah, I, I would stay away from this one personally. I'm taking the seven. Give me the seven. All righty. Well, let's move on to the Seahawks Packers Sunday game, six forty. Thoughts on this, gentlemen? Uh, I think the Packers are going to obliterate them. I know Russell Wilson is great, um, but I said this to my buddy um, last weekend, and without a solid running game the Seahawks are just not the same team and they basically they lucked out this weekend drawing a Philly team who has almost every first string player is hurt right now and then they only won 17 to 9 after Carson Wentz went out early with a concussion Um, and right now I'm seeing Green Bay as four point favorites so I'm gonna lay the four points with Green Bay um, Aaron Rodgers at home. Um, it, it's hard to hard to bet against them. And then, yeah, like I said, I just don't think that Seattle is going to have the offensive firepower to keep up this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with Tom there. I think, uh, yeah, running game. I think Devonta Adams being healthy again or fully healthy at this point in the season uh, is a huge difference maker. 
Not to mention they've got weapons kind of everywhere. They're all a bunch of like no name guys like Jeron Wilson and Valdis Scantling and but they're all they're all tall, uh, fast, tough to you know, tough to cover kind of guys. Um, and then you got Aaron Aaron Jones who had what, sixteen rushing touchdowns this year? So there you go. The pack and in Lambo. What, what about the other games? You wanna just hit on these real quick? Like yeah. I, I, I said, you know, I like the Titans this week. That's a bit of a stretch here, um, and it might just me be me, you know, sour about our loss. But you want to talk about a hot team right now? The Titans are probably the hottest team in the playoffs at this moment. Um, just kind of turning it on after the the emergence of Ryan Tannehill. Mike Vrabel has these guys ready to play. They got that underdog mentality. And now they draw the number one overall team in Baltimore. And I know Lamar has been absolutely prolific this year. Clear-cut MVP, no doubt about it. But again, I think it's just going to come down to the spotlight being a little too big. And uh, some of that big trust might be going out the window after Derrick Henry just pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds the rock. Dude just doesn't... I don't think he's ever had a negative negative uh play in his life just always falling forward always getting that extra yard and i think tennessee with that offensive line is just going to bully the ravens defense and keep lamar off the field so i will be taking tennessee plus nine and let's see i don't know what the under is at but if i had to blindly bet i would probably take the under too it's probably at like 46 ish let's see 47 here. and a half 47 and a half. Give me the under. Under 47 and a half. Titans plus nine. Um, I, I like the plus nine. I'm gonna. I will say though, for the record, that I think Ravens are gonna win. I think they're gonna win on a Justin Tucker game-winning field goal. Um, wow, I like that. And uh, but yeah, I still like the plus nine. I think uh, for every reason you said, I think they're gonna try to keep Lamar off the field by running the ball a ton, and um, somehow it seems like. Derrick Henry's getting healthier as the year goes on and like better as the year goes on. Yeah. He which turned is into not the best player the like overnight. Back. Yeah. I mean, he, he accounted for 74% of the Titans total offense against new England. And I mean, we're talking about the new England defense that was statistically among the best in in every facet of the game this year. So good luck, Baltimore. The D train's coming for you. <laughs> uh, we got one more. Uh, yeah, we got the Texans and Chiefs playing Sunday afternoon, and the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites at home. Uh, I will be taking the Chiefs here solely because the Texans didn't win last week. The Buffalo Bills lost, and it was one of the ugliest games I have ever seen out of uh, Josh Allen. Just showing his true idiocracy and lack of, of football awareness on multiple plays. Um, they were up 16 to nothing in the third quarter. Uh, the, the Texans have no right even being in this game. I think they're happy to be here. And I think Kansas City has not only stepped their defense up over the last like six weeks, but their offense is finally healthy again. I think this is going to be a blowout. I'm Chief, with you there, Chiefs Tom. by double digits. Yeah, I'm with you there. All well, right, then. That's what we got for the NFL. 
let's go ahead and move on here to college hoops. We'll kick it over to Tom for his way too early predictions. Uh, final four of March Madness. Yeah, so again, these are, are very, very early predictions. Um, but now is the time to start getting in on college hoops. Uh, conference play has just kicked off, so it's it's time to see who's who. No more uh, guessing and, and random-ass fucking tournaments halfway across the country. For the most part, these are just home games, away games. And um, there's really no clear-cut number one right now, but... If I had to pick the first team to be in the Final Four, it's going to be Gonzaga. I know, another year, another Gonzaga team just crushing an easy-ass schedule. Uh, but don't don't take them lightly. Don't make any mistakes. They are leading the country in points per game with just over 88 points a game. Uh, pretty impressive, and uh, they had a tough loss to Michigan, uh, but have since rallied off three consecutive wins on the road versus number 22 Washington, number 15 Arizona, and they just murdered a half-dead North Carolina team. So I like Gonzaga to be in there. Um, another team, obviously, is Duke. You can never count out Duke. Uh, Trey Jones is the best point guard in college basketball. They probably have the best center in Vernon Carey Jr., and just being Duke, the most talent overall, and Coach K. Um, tough, tough losses early in the year. But their offense is starting to click. Their wing players are starting to get it together. Uh, expect Duke to make another deep run, probably a Final Four team, uh, especially if Wendell Carter can come back. Wendell Carter, uh, probably their their most elite scorer, um, just broke his hand <laughs> last weekend in a blowout win versus Miami. So that's a tough loss. But like I said, they have so much talent, they'll more than make up for it. I like Duke to be in there. And then last couple here, I like Michigan State. Uh, everybody kind of counted them out after opening night, lost to Kentucky, they lost to Virginia Tech and Duke. But uh, they really weathered the storm here. And, you know, come March, I will never bet against Tom Izzo. And Cassius Winston uh, specifically came back this year, his senior year, to win a national title. And playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder now. Don't count out the Spartans just yet. Uh, and then lastly, my way too early fourth number one seed or final four team, whatever you want to call it, uh, the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, this is a team that every year they seem to have so much potential and they kind of fizzle out. But I maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on him here, but I like the Seminoles this year. They run nine deep of just athletes, and they play this kind of new style balls, you can call it, like positionless basketball, where any one of their guys will be, you know, under the hoop or bringing the ball up. But the most impressive thing about this Florida State team is their defense and their athleticism. Um, they rank fourth nationally in defensive turnover rate, and so it's a team that's going to bring constant pressure, um, constantly pushing the ball on offense and they can really just out-athletic you at any position. And when it comes March, I really like this team matchup-wise against almost any other team in the country. So just to recap, Duke, Michigan State, Gonzaga, and Florida State, expect them all to make deep runs in the tournament. Uh, Harry, do you want to touch upon who to watch out for, and I'll cover who to fade? 
Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Um, so in terms of who to watch out for, probably some teams that will no doubt be in the uh, March Madness tournament, but teams who are also cap- very capable of making a deep run. Uh, starts off with number four, Baylor Bears. Um, they've got some quality wins already to start the season over Villanova, Butler, Arizona, and Texas. Uh, they had a second their second game of the season. They lost to Washington, which we could probably just attribute that to just early season, um, you know, dusting the rust off, so to speak. Um, but they're about to go through a ringer of a schedule uh, coming up. So they just beat Texas the other night, um, but they're about to go play at Texas Tech. Uh, that's number 22. Then they're going to go at Kansas, who's number three. Um, and then they're going to play Iowa State, who, as, as we know from past tournaments, is always a really tough team to play. Um, that'll be at Baylor, but certainly a games to watch. Um, so we'll have to reconvene maybe at the end of uh, end of January, mid-January, to, to really see you know who the Baylor Bears are. Um, other than that, I, I really like uh, Dayton Flyers, who's another team yeah, who always be. always tends to show up in March Madness and always tends to make some noise. Um, uh, they're a really solid team. Uh, you know, they pride themselves on defense and are among one of the most veteran teams in the nation. Uh, their only loss was to Kansas in overtime, uh, and a two point loss to a very very solid uh, Colorado team, which was right before Christmas. So, uh, Dayton will certainly be in the mix. Uh, always a fun team to to look out for. Um, other than that, just two quick ones. Uh, number 22, Texas Tech. Uh, started off slow, but dangerous team. Um, you know, they, they've a couple of guys returning from last year's uh, deep run that they made uh, to the, what, they go to finals last year, right? Uh, yeah, they lost in the finals. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is number five, Auburn, which is one of two undefeated teams in the nation other than San Diego State. Um, and so, you know, SEC is usually not really in the mix much for, for college basketball, but here we are. Auburn Auburn has an elite offense. Probably the one of the premier shooting teams in the country. And that is that is dangerous come March. Um, well, in terms of teams to fade this season, UNC just riddled with injuries. You could say injury city. Uh, Roy Williams apologizing to fans already for their eight and six start. Uh, not a good look or a good precedent to set. It could be a pretty long year for the Tar Heels, um, so strap in. Next up on that list is Memphis. Um, hard to say how committed they are this season in general with recent departure of Phenomenon James Wiseman uh, for the NBA draft, which I believe was as recent of December. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, he just he had that whole um, the whole issue with the NCAA and his eligibility and like halfway through his suspension he just said fuck this i'm sitting out and i'm getting ready for the draft so that was a huge hit for the team um a moral loss for sure and uh you know three-point loss to an underwhelming georgia uh is all evidence that points to you know memphis not making a run this year they will make the tournament but expect an early departure for them Sure. So, last up here for the world of sports, we got NHL. Uh, halfway point here in the season. We're going to break down our predictions for who's going to make Stanley Cup runs. We've been neglectful all season, so there's a bit to cover. Make sure you strap in, uh, but we'll make sure to get through it quickly. We'll kick off here first with the Eastern Conference. 
Harry um, and Tom, if you want to get involved, are just going to quickly talk a little bit about our top three predictions and who we think will go through in the division, um, maybe some wild card picks, and then just give an early prediction for who's going to take home the Stanley Cup this, this season. So we'll start with the Atlantic division. Um, I'll kick it off here. I've got number one, Lightning, number two, Maple Leaves, and number three, Hurricanes. Um, that's what I'm expecting to see as we get into the playoffs. Um, all three teams have been a powerhouse this season, sitting you know amongst the top of their division. The Hurricanes, I expect to make a run. Um, definitely a sleeper team. I think not a lot of people have them on their top three. Some have them in their wild card, but um, I'm excited to see. I, I'm excited to see them up there. Um, Harrison, what are your thoughts on the Atlantic? Uh, yeah, for the Atlantic, I think, you know, the, the top three teams that sit there right now are, are um, the ones that you would expect, that being Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. That's just from the divisional. I'm actually going to skip back to the conference um, because I think it's more interesting to see, you know, I, th- I think it as it sits right now is pretty much how it's going to be. I think Columbus is a super streaky team that's just going to, probably just going to miss the playoffs. Uh, they just lost their starting goalie who was, absolutely on fire um and when you lose a starting goalie you can really impact the, the team as a whole uh so i expect columbus probably to you know when it's all said and done I, i'm not exactly sure the extent of the injury um but i expect them to just miss out on the playoffs but i totally agree with carolina i think they're a fun team to watch um i expect philly to probably sneak in as well but i just look at teams like you know the rangers you know devils are travesty uh but i just think the rangers are a little too young um it's, I think the same kind of goes for Buffalo and that's in that same regard. They, they might be able to make a run, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough to get themselves into a wild card spot. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that I think that the top is going to stay relatively the same. I, I, w- I would like to see Toronto make a run up into the, the top of the, uh, of the Eastern standings. Um, you know, they're way too skilled to be sitting where they are. They're 10 games over 500, uh, 10 points out of, out of first. So it's pretty stacked up top. Um, but yeah, I think Toronto is going to make a run. I expect uh, Tampa Bay to make a run as well. Yeah, I mean, I see the Bruins sitting there atop of the leaderboard. Um, solid team. And as always, they've got you know the, the veteran presence and the experience in playoffs. But I expect them, honestly, to drop down. Um, you know, and, and potentially not even make the playoffs. Um, if anything, be a wild card contender. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I don't know shit about hockey others outside of the Bruins. Fair warning, but I do know that David Pasternak's leading the NHL in goals right now. So, yeah, so yeah, the Bruins are probably going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. No, I like that. I like that take. What I said, yeah. I like um, that take. But in terms of the Metropolitan, I think that the Capitals have just been electric for multiple seasons now. It's been really cool to watch the transformation of the team and the fan base since I moved down here. And I expect potentially, um, you know, they could go to head head to head with Colorado, but I'm pretty sure they'll have the president's trophy wrapped up um, and followed by the penguins. And, and uh, I haven't filled in the third spot there, but I think, I think the Capitals are really the team to look for here in the Metropolitan. But Harrison, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, honestly, Pittsburgh's a little injury riddled, uh, riddled right now. Uh, Jake Gensel just got just was injured. 
I think he's like top five in scoring this year as well. Um, and so without him, you know, who knows what, what that's going to look like. Uh, it's pretty much been to, to date, it's it's more or less been uh, Malkin just kind of carrying the team on his back. Um, so I think Pittsburgh's going to slide. And I know I think the Isles and Carolina are, are sitting sitting pretty right there. I don't think of, the Islanders to make a run as well. Yeah, but I just don't think anyone's going to catch the, the Caps in that division. Yeah, no, bottom line. As long um, as they stay healthy, there's no shot. Well, let's talk about the Western Conference. Pretty stacked. Um, right now, we have sitting atop, in my predictions for the Central, the Avalanche, and in the Pacific, uh, the Knights. And I think, honestly, my prediction, I'm going to move ahead here for the Stanley Cup. I think the Colorado Avalanche are going to win this season. Yeah, dude, Colorado's awesome. Nathan McKinnon, uh, easily just, you know, easily one of the best uh, players in the league. Uh, they have that kid, Cal Maker, who's, who's brought in last year in the playoffs uh, straight out of college, um, who, who's really been helping them this year and has really been a, a super solid defenseman for them this year. And I think the, 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 uh, their standings, <clears throat> excuse me, their, their win, you know, win-loss column kind of just shows everything you need to know about that having 25 wins and uh, 13 losses. Um, the one thing that really jumps off the page when you look at the standings is if you look at the bottom five teams, those are all teams that, like, over the past decade have been auto locks for the playoffs. That being the Kings, the Anaheim Ducks, the San Jose Sharks, and the Chicago Blackhawks, and as well as the Nashville Predators. All of them are sitting at the bottom of the Western Conference. Um and things just aren't really looking good for any of them. Uh, Predators just fired their coach, Peter Laviolette. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it's pretty wild to see, like, this huge, you know, the, the Western Conference just got pretty much just flipped on its head over the past year or so. But it's been cool to see because you see some of these teams that have been just electric to watch, like Dallas and the Blues and the Knights and the Flames. And, the, I mean, the Sharks <laughs> have always been there, but they've never seemingly been able to get it done. But to see, like you said, the Predators and the Blackhawks and the Kings and the Ducks sitting at the bottom of those divisions is um, is pretty, pretty crazy. Wild. Yeah, it's it's cool, but it's fun to watch. I mean, but that's the way that's the way it's supposed to work. Coming in, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's it's weird that Vegas comes in and they give them pretty much you know they roll at the red carpet for Vegas to get pretty much whoever they want uh, in the NHL, and you know they made their Stanley Cup run, and and you know the next year they're back in the playoffs and then year three they're sitting third and was in the western conference you know not seemingly not going anywhere anytime soon so uh really cool to see it's the way it's supposed to work that's you know why you know the teams that finish in last get first picks yeah that's why we love hockey but yeah no i mean i think like i said though (laughs) something to watch out for is the colorado avalanche as we mentioned nathan mckinnon has been just electric this season i believe he's sitting at 99 points and we're only halfway through he finished with 97 last season he's a favorite to win the hard trophy um even if you're not a fan of watching hockey he's something that you need to watch he's a talent uh all in itself and they're now sitting in second in the central so they're just one game behind the defending champs um that being st louis so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Well, that's all we got here for sports tonight. Um, Harry, unless you've got some last-minute points uh, in the NHL. No. Um, 
I was just fact checking your 99 points. It sounds like a lot. He's at 64 points right now. Is he? Yeah, 64. That's still a lot. He's third in the league, uh, sitting behind Connor McDavid and Leon uh, Drastile. Dras- I can't pronounce that name. Who's thank you, thank you bo- for fact checking me. I thought that sounded wild. Yeah, they're, wrong. so the guys who are in first and second both play for Edmonton, who's sitting in eighth in the Western Conference. But one's obviously Connor McDavid, and those other guys must be their second line center. I've never even heard of the guy. He's got 61 point, 65 points as well. I'm not sorry um, for being wrong, but I appreciate you correcting me. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't be sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no but, I don't have yeah. anything else for uh, for um, for the. Chill. Oh my god, dude, we're fucking dickheads. We didn't even touch on the the college football final. Oh wow. Well, well let's let's throw that in get right into it. Let's just go. That'll still be my buzzer beater because I know who's gonna win. I already I already had this vision. I actually had a dream last night about it um and it, it's it's kind of i think just there's a curse on new orleans i think i know there's a lot of voodoo magic that goes on down there uh you know <laughs> it's, you saw it's what in happened the water. you saw what happened with the saints you saw what happened uh with the with saints like 12, like 12 times there was like a bunch of hurricanes um i just i think uh trevor lawrence and the clemson tigers are gonna roll into the the other death valley and uh and lay it on the LSU Tigers. Um, I think Travis Etienne is going to have a huge game. I think uh, the reason being, I, I just think that LSU's run defense is probably their weakest point. I think Clemson's going to exploit that. And then once they exploit that and LSU starts playing for the run, they're going to air it out over the top to T. Higgins and Justin Ross, who are probably two of the best receivers in college football. Not to you know disrespect Justin Jefferson and uh, the LSU receiving core, but... I just think Trevor Lawrence is, is the real deal. I think Travis Etienne's the real deal, and I think uh, I think that Clemson defense is a lot better than people give him credit for. Question, does Trevor Lawrence cut his hair when he goes to the NFL? No. He should, but he won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Travis Etienne is going to be the MVP of the game for all the reasons just listed. And uh, fun fact, the number one seed, in the college football playoff since its inception has yet to bring home a title and um, I do not count the Oklahoma victory as a, a big great win I think either Clemson or Ohio State would have done the same to Oklahoma <coughs> and uh, yeah we've been all Clemson all year in terms of the playoff push so why stop now well I think I, I hate to brag but I think um I think preseason when we had Jay on the on the phone, um, I think I, I know I did called uh, Clemson to win the national championship. We'll have to go back and and fact check that too. Mm. But I'd like to yes. see it. Got got a fact check. Um, um. All right. Well, Tommy, why don't you close us out with a buzzer beater before I bid us a farewell? Uh, buzzer beater, buzzer beater, buzzer beater. What? Do, I don't really have much this week. Um. Yeah, thanks for Let's listening. Let's do uh, <laughs> let next next week. I'll do Tom's buzzer beater for him since he's uh, gone brain dead on us uh, ever since all that all that hockey talk really put just Tom's more, brain just, just shut it up. off. No, Tom's I got just, one. Like, I got dreaming one. Dreaming of of Call of Duty right now. <laughs> I uh, I want to give a shout out to my man JT. That's Justin Thomas for securing the Century Tournament of Champions yesterday. Um, he 
finished tied after a shaky 18th, 17-18th hole. Uh, he tied with Xander Shoffley and Patrick Reed, and then beat Patrick Reed in a three-hole playoff, uh, which was just great to watch. You know, it's kind of the kickoff to golf season. Uh, next week, they have the Sony Open in Hawaii, which is the first uh, full field event of the year. So golf is back. Um, you know, stay tuned for that because you know every year we get our Masters preview with the Onion. That's coming up. Yes, I can't and, wait. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just fired up for golf. Something, anything to get my mind off that Patriots loss. So, yeah, golf is back too. Also, really looking forward to our uh, UFC whatever number two eighteen. I'm I'm getting lost. Two forty six. Two forty six. Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone. Uh, we'll do a, we'll do a nice preview for that next week. Yeah, stay tuned, baby. Yeah, we'll have a bunch of really good updates next week. Obviously, Super Bowl playoff uh recap all that good all that good stuff well ladies and gentlemen thank you as always for joining us tonight if you're not already make sure to check us out on twitter and instagram and facebook we want you also to go ahead and click the link in our bio and subscribe to our podcast itunes and spotify it's what you're listening to weekly released episodes do not miss out looking forward to seeing you next week gentlemen Yo, I smoke blunts, drink vodka, expose niggas, have triple exposés with my old bitches. My name is Chaz, I'm addicted to these flows and these hoes. Lord knows I got a Jones for a gold digger. I come shining so glowed like the gold member. Anything I touch, it turn froze, then explode, nigga. I drop gems and make moves on the low and move smooth like the low pro Vogue's on the Oldsmobile. Leave me alone, stay alone, cause them hoes will squeal. Tiptoeing on the road, I am soul for real. Them other niggas all jokes and you know it, shit, go ahead laugh no you tired of trying to hold it in i said gas with the pen when i wrote it you could overcome a toast on this plunging too potent in the west side coasting with my mind wide open my all-seeing eye on focus you know it be bitch ah kick a little something for the g's and get the party popping on the weekend maybe we can smoke a little weed and see what we get into mate ah kick a little something for the freaks so still a real nigga when i greet you Good while I go when I breathe, bro, and still showing love. Hey, pulled up with my shit bumping, rolling weed and we getting blunted. New niggas, but I've been thugging, right around town blowing loud in my chick bucket. Gas tank on 10 duckies, still clean and I'm still stunting. Still mean and I'm still mugging, still getting cracking, my niggas still nothing. My nigga is still fucking, my nigga we still bustin', he talking shit and won't run it. Still fake, still broke, still frontin', still getting money for living the life I wanted. <laughs> my girl left and we still fucking. Stay high but I still function. Spend big but I still budget, still spend money on shit I don't really fuck with. <laughs> Take a little something for the G's, get the party poppin' on the weekend. Maybe we can smoke a little weed.
good where I go when I breeze through and still showing love. Yeah, nigga, that shit slap. Trans! My nigga Chewy and shit, nigga. Sack to LA, nigga. Sack to the inland, nigga. Bitch. <laughs> I ain't even have to say that shit, but I did, though.